0: Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the ever-fanciful Chris Randazzo.
1: I met a weapons expert. He wants to kill me. I make the worst enemies. Seriously, I'm a perfectly nice guy. <laughs> and that's it. Um, Apparently, there, something happened
0: on Nashville that has totally destroyed our other normal co-host, Karen Randazzo. She... Like apparently cannot face the world at this moment.
1: It's 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 more a rage thing. (laughs) It was the series finale, and I I I don't think I've ever seen her quite so angry. I I
0: I I saw that she was upset, and she isn't you know she isn't with us this week to to explain (laughs) herself. So I went to the only
1: channel that I actually had, and that's her Twitter account, Mm -hmm. and. Oh boy! <laughs> when when she told I because I had to know I, I I have knowledge of Nashville from this show and her just talking about it in general, and when she came into the room with this look on her face, like I, I I had to know what happened, and she told me, and I was like, "Are are you kidding me? That's how they ended the show, man! I can't wait for her to come on and and, and talk to." Talk to the general public so, so do you it?
0: think like this is this could go one of two ways. either she is going to stew and brood for an extra week on it and explode more, or she will calm herself down and
1: become rational about it. I'm kind of hoping for the first one. There is no. All right, I wish I could. I'm trying to nope, think nope. of a really good thing <laughs> to compare this to. There is no rational about this. <laughs> like, there. This is this is the television equivalent to a kick to the nuts. Oh, this was, <laughs> this was just like you, you bastards, you crotch goblins! How dare you? And I don't even watch the show. And that is a dick move. A crotch. big swinging cod of a move. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <we're, laughs> I'm I'm suspecting that she is gonna re- remain calm, like it'll just it'll just subside, and then the rage will induce again once she starts talking about uh. it. She stopped talking about it; it's <laughs> just there under the service, uh, under the surface, just waiting to boil up. Nice. That's, She's I, currently watching a was it Grace and Frankie or Frank mm-hmm. and Gracie? Did, did, Grace, Grace and, and Frankie, Frankie. I think yeah. Uh, which I. I really need to start watching that show. It is it's ludicrously entertaining. It's just it is a know, lot of I, fun. It's a matter of me not having the time for it. But I'm I'm doing stuff on the computer and she's watching the show. It's just I, I was editing um uh Stone Age Gamer last week and she was watching it and I just had to stop every couple of minutes and listen <laughs> to it. Just an absurd joke or something was going just on. Just do
0: this the, the slow turn towards the television, absorb something, and then turn
1: back. <laughs> and you know what's what's really amusing about it is that it's um. It's got a bunch of Aaron Sorkin alum in it. Like, uh, what's his face? Uh, Martin Sheen. Sheen. uh, Sam Watterson, who was Newsroom, uh, which I've been rewatching, And so is, um, what's her face uh, from Newsroom? Um, One of the two main characters. Why can't I remember her name? Holy crap, Nuggets. I don't know. I'm I'm looking it up right now. I I can't believe, I can't remember this woman's name. And it's... Emily Mortimer. Allison Phil.
0: Olivia Munn. No. Oh no no.
1: Oh. oh, older, older.
0: Uh, Marcia Gay Harden.
1: No, not Marcia Gay Harden.
0: <laughs> that's it. That's the only females that are listed on this page. Jane
1: Fonda, for fuck's sake, fuck's sake, dude. <laughs> Holy crackers! Okay, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, why can't I remember this woman's name, Jane? fuck mothering fonda <laughs> and yeah she's uh, she's on the show too and she was in a newsroom so
0: all right but really, so I mean, hold on hold on
1: God, yes we here we're... on
0: this week's episode talk television <laughs> sometimes we get a little spoilery uh this sometimes
1: week sometimes we get a little sidetracked
0: <laughs> <laughs> there was a slight derailment we will get back on track shortly um this week we'll be talking the season finale of the flash the arrow and that's it Plus some look backs on That 70s Show and The Newsroom. So if you don't want any of that stuff spoiled, please go check it out. Come on back and listen to us, you know, prattle out about it. Hopefully it will be more entertaining for you. So seeing as you've already started the roll up, Chris. Yo. <laughs> you're talking newsroom this week.
1: Yes, I'm talking <laughs> newsroom. So um, a while back I I talked about Studio 60. Yeah. Uh, and I know I've talked about Sports Night once or twice on, on here before. I was in kind of a, a Sorkin-y mood again lately. Didn't we just uh, doing, recently
0: talk newsroom? I feel like we did.
1: Yeah, for the Mother's Day episode. Oh, I'm that's right. Uh, that's season right. one, episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, about a month or so ago, I started feeling uh, I really wanted to watch something Sorkin-esque. So I started at the beginning of um, Sports Night, rewatched all that. And then I was like, "Not nope, still in my system. So I fired up <laughs> Studio 60 again. Uh, And then she started talking about Newsroom, and I was like, ah, man, I really want to watch Newsroom. But I'm halfway through Studio 60. It's not that long. So I polished that off, and I finally started my rewatch of Newsroom again. And this is the first time I've rewatched Newsroom. I only saw it the first time when it aired, and I freaking love this show. I absolutely adore this show. It's so, so good. And um, I'm about halfway through Season 2, and the episode in particular I wanted to talk about in Season 2 is called Red Team 3 and um the the reason i want to talk about this one is it's it's one of my favorite moments of a shithead character doing something stupid <laughs> and getting caught i okay. mean all right so the the whole the whole thing in this season is that um uh, jim he jim is one of the the producers on the show and he left because he didn't want to be around maggie anymore cuz they had a whole you know fallout with some some bad relationship stuff and in Jim's stead, they brought in a guy named Jerry Dantana. And this guy is a... Sounds like a, a sh- porn star. He's a shithead is what he is. <laughs> and he, he he just smells like shithead from the get-go. You look at him and you think, that guy's a shithead. I don't like that shithead.
0: So <laughs> I'm from looking at his image. He looks like a shithead. <laughs> he really
1: does. He just screams shithead. So he's there and, and he, he's got this chip on his shoulder from the get-go. Um, because he feels like ew, nobody's treating him right because he's not Jim and the fact of the matter is, is nobody's treating him right because everyone can smell shithead on this guy <laughs> and he's like what does that smell? oh that's shithead oh, that's and shithead. it's coming from that guy <laughs> so this guy gets a tip from somebody about this um, black op called Operation Genoa and the, the story behind it is is and this is is this is something that he wants to use to springboard his career. He is like, this is a story and it happened and everyone else is like, we need to vet the shit out of this story because if we're wrong, this is going to be bad. If we're right, this is going to be bad, but if we're wrong, it's going to be bad. The story is is that there was a black op called Operation Genoa wherein American soldiers used sarin gas on civilians. Whoa. And that is a war crime, like with several exclamation points after. It. So they start, they they go through this whole process of creating like a, a red team and a white team of you know the, these are the people that are doing all the research and trying to prove that this story is real and that it exists. And uh, the white team is uh, sorry, the red team is this like uh, opposing team that doesn't hear about the story at all. And then when they finally present it, they're supposed to try to poke holes in it. Um, Interesting. So they they go through this whole process of finding out as much information as they can and they're being as careful and thorough as humanly possible, which Shithead is getting so frustrated with because he was ready to tell the story from day one. He's like, oh, this is a thing that happened. We're telling the story. And they're like, we got to fucking prove this. And he's like, this guy said it happened, which means it happened. <laughs> so he they eventually go and get this interview with this, this general guy. And he's, you know, he he's he's got an agenda. He really, he's like, yeah, no, Americans, America's still got sarin gas, and um, he was convinced that this guy was going to say that Operation Genoa happened and they used sarin gas on uh, on civilians. So he goes and does the interview, and he cannot get the guy to say on record that they used sarin gas on on civilians. He can't get him to say. He can say, you know, hypothetically, if we did, here's how it would have worked, and here's where we, here's where we store shit and whatever. So he got him to talk about sarin gas, but he didn't get him to say we used on this op we used exactly. sarin gas. So he goes back and doctors the raw footage to make it say, make it him actually say the words we used sarin gas. He actually just cuts it up. And re-edits the raw footage, which is, like, every kind of no-no. Wait, is it like, the, the, the raw video? Like, of an interview? Raw, or just raw like video. Interesting. The, the, so, you have, like, the raw footage that they took from the event, and then it, he edited it together into a piece to show them, uh, to show everybody, you know, this is the interview that we're going to air, and this is him saying it. And they said, no, let me see the raw footage. And the raw footage is supposed to be just the stuff from the tape. Mm-hmm. Nobody touches the raw footage. Right. He did. He doctored the shit out of it to make it say what he wanted it to say. And because he was that sure that it was true, and he was that greedy that he really wanted it to be his his big moment. So, um, in this episode, we he gets caught on that. The guy, the general guy, and I love the way he was getting caught. I love the way that he gets caught. <laughs> So uh, in a completely innocuous conversation, uh, Will McAvoy and uh, Mackenzie, Mackenzie McHale, the two like main Mm -hmm, characters mm -hmm. or whatever, they're having a conversation about sports and uh, Mackenzie thinks it's really interesting that there's a a shot clock, you know, like it's forcing the game, you know, how this timer forces the game to move along. She asked whether sports have it and uh, basketball eventually came up that basketball has a shot clock, which is similar to uh, there's a secondary secondary timer in some sporting events. This general guy that they interviewed was so obsessed with March Madness that he had to have the game on during the interview. And, and the way they yeah. framed it, you could see the TV in the background. And the way McKenzie the, – the, after they they went forward with the story and they said it on air and then the government was all like, the fuck you say, uh, this didn't happen. And uh, so they're, like, coming down on, the on you know, everyone in the newsroom, and they're all like, no, we're standing by it. This is our story. Mackenzie goes back to re-look at the footage again, and she, now with this information of the shot clock, she w- looks at the footage, and she can see the shot clock changing from, like, 19 to 12 back up to 20 while the guy's talking. And she's like, I fucking caught you. You are so fired. And it was just this wonderful moment where I'm thinking, I knew this guy, you see him doing it. You see him doctoring the tape and you're just like, I cannot believe this guy is doing it. I cannot believe this guy is that much of a shithead. And he turned out to be. And obviously all sorts of stuff goes, goes down after this. Everyone gets into trouble. The biggest punch in the gut is that in like the following episode, you find out that, The the whole season, they're talking about this Operation Genoa thing Mm -hmm. in in, in the background and in a position of them being in legal trouble. And the assumption is that they're just in legal trouble with the government because they said a bunch of shit that wasn't true. But it turns out that they're actually in this room all being interviewed because Jerry Dantana, shithead supreme, is suing them for wrongful termination. What? (laughs) He makes up this whole bullshit story about how they were out to get him from the get-go. And while he admits to doctoring the tape... He wasn't alone in his whole thing there. And it's just like, oh, my God, I can't. I don't remember how this season ends, because, like, again, I haven't seen it in, in a good long while. uh, But I just even now watching it, I remember how I felt at the time watching it the first time, which was like, I cannot wait for this guy to fail. <laughs> I cannot wait for the, this is the watching for dumbest, the moments of failure approaching. <laughs> just wait and just want to wrap myself up and like. How dare you sue the people that fired you for doctoring a tape? Ugh, so disgusting. But you know, that's what's so great about this. This show is really some of Sorkin's best and it's so easy to get into and it's so easy to get wrapped up in. Uh it's it's just so much fun to watch and it's and it's about news and it's it is also it's it's more than a little inspirational uh, on on a lot of levels uh, just from the the sheer perspective of the show being what if there was somebody out there that took the news seriously and decided to do the news um, as opposed to the, the as opposed to what we have now yeah. um, and that's really inspirational to watch and really depressing to watch because this show really. It puts a really big focus on why that doesn't happen now, and it's all greed. Mm-hmm. It's all like, this is mm-hmm. all about ratings, and this is all about careers, and all this other stuff. And the it would take the right amount of people in the right places to just want to do it because it's the right thing to do. And um, this show, there's always an underlying theme of that during the show, and it's so inspiring to watch and so heartbreaking to watch well, at the same time. When,
0: when you told me that you were going to be doing... The show, and I remembered I, I watched a couple of the episodes because I had never watched the show, and I watched the first one, and I remembered that intro, and I and I watched a couple of the episodes, and it is inspiring because of what they they present the news as, which is just news. They they do the thing correctly, and I, I'm I was rewatching some stuff today, and I was flipping through channels, and I came across what we have is the news. Now I don't know what channel it was, CBS, NBC, CNN. I don't know. But what it was was a story about this horrible, horrible flooding going on in Texas. Now, not to put, like, any sort of shine on this. Yes, I'm sure it's very bad. People's homes are in trouble. Blah, 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 yakety-schmackety. The way they were presenting this is as if it was an apocalyptic event. And they're showing these homes surrounded by water. And that there's, like, there was this one image of these horses... And it looked like they were trapped up against the house, and the way they're presenting it is like, oh, look at that! It's so horrible. They can't. They're trapped and they're going to die. And then one, of, it was like four inches of water. It was just so murky and muddy that they could make it. They could spin it in such a way that we, it, it makes you want to watch. Like it's like shock journalism, and that's unfortunately what our news has become. It's, it's news for ratings, not news for information. And that was what this show was all about, making news for news sake and doing it properly and correctly and giving people the information to make informed decisions. This show uses real live, like, events.
1: So it is sort of a
0: real <laughs> news program-ish.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's neat that it's built around all these actual um, things that happened. Um, To to the point that you're making, I think this is the episode. It's season one, episode eight, the blackout part one, tragedy porn. Um, (laughs) Tragedy porn. (laughs) I'm pretty sure this is the episode, but there is, there is definitely an episode in this, in the first season where um, one of the characters is kind of like a more sleazy, producer type character named Don Kiefer mm-hmm. and he's such an interesting character because you grow to hate him a lot in the first season and then in season 2 you get to understand him more and the reason you hate him is not necessarily because he's a bad guy it's because he's in a bad relationship like with a character that you really like but that yeah i remember i remember not liking him, him
0: right off the bat exactly because of and the, the the his interaction with that sweet innocent looking young woman.
1: <laughs> exactly. And him outside of that relationship actually turns out to be a pretty decent dude. It's this actually happened to me in real life. Um there was a guy that I knew and I could not stand the way he treated his girlfriend and I didn't I didn't care for him at all. Eventually the two of them broke up. I now think that guy's pretty darn cool. <laughs> like we've hung out a handful of times and I'm like okay, you were, you're just not in a good relationship and it turned you into an asshole. So anyway, (laughs) um, Don Kiefer is, uh, he's really good at this whole sleazy journalism thing. And there's this amazing scene where they are, they're trying to train the, uh, the people in their newsroom, how like Nancy Grace pulls off what she does and he just breaks down what they're showing you on Fox News, piece by piece, and why they're showing it to you. And and it's this—it just blew my mind because all stuff I never even considered thinking about. About like they're they're showing you, uh, they're talking about this one thing, but they're also showing you. Um, this uh the little girl's picture because you're thinking oh what a sweet little girl and that's what you're thinking because you're seeing that picture you're not paying attention to what the guy's talking about because they don't want you to hear what the guy's talking about anymore he made his point now he's going to start blah 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 lying and they're going to distract you with something else so your mind goes elsewhere it's so scientifically broken down mm, how they just they just they force feed you this stuff and you don't even realizing it, realize it's happening to you and it was it was disturbing. It's really one of my favorite scenes of television I've seen in the last ten years. It is. I've gone back to it a bunch of times, and it is. It is just astonishing to look at. Good. Newsroom is an awesome show. And you should watch it. <laughs> good, good stuff.
0: Yeah, I like this show. I'm gonna actually sit down and do it once I finish my rewatch of what I'm about to talk about. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sit down and, and fully ingest this because what I'm about to talk about is a show that. I have watched probably
1: full through three or four times, and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know why either, and I've seen most of it myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I am currently in the throes of a rewatch of That 70s Show. I have made it, um, I think I just hit Season 3, Episode 10. And I'm going to specifically talk about Season 3, Episode 9, which is Hyde's Christmas Rager.
1: How many seasons did this go for? Too many. I want (laughs) the the
0: the reason I say too many is because towards the end, uh, it went eight seasons. Towards the end, there a couple of the characters left. The
1: whole decade.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think it started in 1977. Like I think that's when they they started their (laughs) fictitious year. Um, but the towards the end. Like Donna left, or Chris, or uh, Foreman left, and mm-hmm. it was just like the tertiary characters, which this show really couldn't pull off. This is a is a heavy ensemble piece with the leads sort of in control or being the butt of the joke. It's never like really clear. Um, specifically, Hyde's Christmas rager, rager. now. Okay. There are, there's Eric Foreman, Jackie, uh, Michael Kelso, Stephen Hyde, Donna, Fez, and that's the the troop of kids. There's Kitty and Red. There are Eric Foreman's parents. And Midge and Bob uh, Pinciotti, which are uh, Donna's parents. There are other characters, but those are really the only people you need to know. Uh, I, there is a like a sister. Eric's sister was on the show for a little while. She pops in and out. She's kind of a slut. Uh, that's her thing.
1: <laughs> pops in and out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um,
0: but Eric is the straight-laced square. Okay? Uh, Jackie is the cheerleader flighty one. Uh, Michael Kelso is the uh, stupidly attractive moron. He's Ashton Kutcher. He's Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Stephen Hyde is the cool, you know, suave guy that that doesn't really give a shit about anything. And Fez is the foreign kid. So pretty much every episode revolves around Eric's relationship with his father, or but you know, yeah, it's a relationship. It's not a good one. Uh, Red Foreman is very very hard on his on his kid not so much his daughter on eric very very stern parental unit and it's all about the word dumbass yeah dumbass uh, Wear where your ass as a hat like he's he is i i would assume a true 1970s dad straight out of the military kind of thing but the the antithesis of that is kitty who is his wife and eric's mother Who's all about love and happy home and everything has to be you know comforting and it it's just you know a ying to yang for 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 the parents um the the relationship of the kids had you know fluctuated throughout the seasons eric is i think for like at least the first three or four seasons has uh, is dating donna they grew up as next-door neighbors. They spent all of their time together as children. They eventually started dating. Um, Hyde is, you know, the vagabond of the group. He he had a, you know, a drunken mother and a drunken father. Father left and, and mom really didn't take care of him. So he's just always at the house. He eventually moves in. Uh, the foremen start taking care of him because he needs a home to grow up in and, and you know, good parental, you know, just something to strive for, to be to be a better person. And a couple of seasons in, um, Hyde's father shows up again. And, like, I think it's like two episodes after they introduce his father, you know, Steven goes to live with him in his shitty apartment. And he's a bartender. And he's like, he, he, his role becomes the guy who's trying to be the cool dad as well as being Hyde's friend. And this. <laughs> This episode is their Christmas episode, and it takes place at um, Hyde's father's house or his apartment. They the the father I guess had to go to work or do something because we don't we only see him at the very beginning of the episode and the very end of the episode, and they have this all out kicking rager at, uh, at kegs and, and and they were playing quarters and. Eric gets so hammered. Like, he is completely shit-faced. Kelso ends up bringing him home, like, helping him get home. And there's this little interaction between Kelso and Eric in the the driveway. And he's like, this was the greatest night ever. You know, Hyde's dad is awesome. My dad is, like, a bald stick-in-the-mud party pooper. And he's making fun of his father. And his father's, of course, standing behind him. And when he turns around... He sees that he's confronted, he makes his little quip, and then proceeds to throw up on Red's shoes. <laughs> now, the reason I bring this 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 episode up is because it shows how good of a father Red Foreman actually is. It's kind of hard to see throughout <laughs> throughout a couple of seasons. But he really does give a shit about his kids. And the way he shows that is by teaching them the difference between right and wrong. And to be confident in the fact that they're going to grow up to be good people. So he he has to rule with an iron fist to make sure that that happens. And the way we see this is once, you know, Eric's shit faced and, and pretty much passed out on the couch. Kitty tells Red that she needs to talk to, to Hyde's father. And there is probably a five-minute conversation explaining to Bob, uh, not Bob, um, Hyde's father, how Stephen doesn't need another friend. He needs a father. He needs a role model. He needs needs structure because he hasn't had that his entire life up until the point in time he moved in here. And if, like, you don't do this, I'm telling you, you're going to regret it you're not going to be proud of your kids and that's all we sort of live for that's what we strive for as parents is to be proud of our children and that in turn spins you know the guy's personality he ends up getting back to his apartment sort of yelling at Steve and telling him you know you can't do this stuff you know get this place cleaned up kick everybody out get this place cleaned up and for Christ's sakes eat a fucking banana you got to have you know there are four food groups and you know he's, he starts to try to be a father and as opposed to dad or a friend and the next scene is steven and eric conversing about what happened in the party or whatnot and you see that he's starting to respect his father which we hadn't seen for i don't know the the, the, the totality of episodes in which this man was in he was just a pushover. He was, you know, a, a, a mook. Like nobody you know, nobody took him seriously. And now that he's starting to act like a parent, it it's it's you could see that Steven has some sort of respect for him. That those little bits of like family stuff pop in and out of the show all the time. Relationship information between Eric and Donna. Like they they had I'm gonna say the first half of the first season maybe a little bit more was them worrying about the fact that they had not had sex yet and how it is a big deal and you know they're both virgins and their relationship change what's going to happen once it actually happens like they they delved into it for a silly little half hour sitcom they presented a lot of kind of heavy things and the way they got away with it is by having the Idiot Kelso and and the the funny foreigner Fez and those other little comedic beats surrounded these actually pretty heavy topics. This show I every episode I laugh out loud at least three times. Something gets me each and every episode and that's that's only 22 minutes worth of television. I cruise because like you don't have to sit down and watch like that I like television that you can ignore but when you do pay attention to it it's entertaining whether it be funny or you know dramatic where you're you're engrossed in it but you don't have to be like I could turn on any episode of any season and be comfortable watching that specific episode it's a lot of fun you know i mean you, you i think this is where i I acquired my crush for Laura Pepperon. I don't know if I saw her before this in something else, but I have. I don't know. I think this is where I think this is where it stemmed from. Pep- and who is per- she again? She's the big redhead.
1: Oh, the on, um. Yeah. Uh,
0: Orange is the new black. Yeah, but she's not a redhead in that one. But she's still pretty hot. I don't know
1: why. I don't. She's know. She's an interesting looking woman. <laughs> wow that was very gracious of you sir <laughs> thank you
0: that was well put and tactful alright let's take a quick break um, when we get back we're gonna we're gonna do another DCV setup. up um, pretty much how to do a season finale and how
1: not to stay tuned Ring the Bell is back for Season 2. Geekade's wrestling news comedy series is back from their hiatus with a brand new slate of episodes, because wrestling is real. Funny. (laughs) You liked that ellipsis there, didn't you? For the season premiere, JR talks Seth Rollins, the Pittsburgh Jagoffs, and Nick Angelo catches everyone up on all the news they missed on the break. Don't miss Ring the Bell. Sometimes they come back. Season 2 of
0: Into the Vault has finally arrived. Chris has some particularly ugly things to show off for the season premiere. Do you remember the Super Mario Bros. Super Show? How about Captain N the Game Master? Or that Zelda cartoon that prominently featured the catchphrase, Well, excuse me, princess. Whether or not you do, Chris does. So be sure to watch Into the Vault Nintendo Animation Collection on the GeekAid
1: YouTube channel. Geekade's Dave Diorio tells the fascinating tale of a Philadelphia Eagles quarterback named Sam Bradford. His team has hired a new quarterback to replace him. The thing is, that's a good ways away, and it's up to Bradford to train the new guy. Kind of sends a weird message, doesn't it? To hear the rest of this story, head over to the think tank to read, congratulations, you're hired. Now I'd like you to meet your replacement. Looking for some nice, relaxing music
0: that's perfect for city planning? Of course you are. Who wouldn't be? Thankfully, Chris and Vicky have you covered with an all-new episode of the Waveback podcast about the Super NES classic SimCity. You've never zoned a commercial area until you've done it to the chill sounds of Soyo Oka. Be sure to listen to Waveback,
1: episode 25, SimCity, Super NES. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekhead.com. And we're back. Thanks for checking out our commercials.
0: So uh last week or the it's kind of hard to say because we record this on a Tuesday so technically it is last week's episode of flash was the season finale and that was when we were recording last week's episode of this week's episode where we actually spoke about the flash.
1: It smells like <laughs> copper <laughs> I'm sorry. Um,
0: okay, so we have two two CW shows both based on dc properties both having their season finale in the same week you could not have had more differences on how the shows laid out um i okay i watched the season of arrow like i had to catch up i think i was four or five episodes behind, and then I watched all of those, and the only one that was left was this season finale, and I didn't buy it. I didn't buy anything that happened in this episode. Um, we have the main bad guy, Damien Dark, which I thought was a phenomenal
1: character. Oh, Neil McDonough knocked it out of the park. I, I th- He carried this season on his back. He did, and, and he just...
0: I don't even remember how they... How did they kill him? Did they kill him? Yeah they, killed, yeah, they killed yeah, him. Yeah, Arrow like, just flat-out murdered him. the dude. Yeah, they, he just stabbed him. Like, the, the whole season was all about magic and, and idols and power from dead souls, and <laughs> I'm going to just like, stab well, the power you the of rip.
1: hope <laughs> is going to negate your magic, and since all these douchebags from Star City have hope from a half-assed speech Oliver Queen gave on top of a car, that's going to be enough to counteract it the nuclear blast <laughs> and thousands of dead souls that this dude uh, uh. absorbed in the prior episode. Now nah, that's going to be enough to completely negate was his magic that, power. Was it even that good of a speech? I, I, you, it you really know, wasn't. I mean,
0: you know, if you want a good speech, go to newsroom. Don't go to this. This was not yeah. a good speech. Um, but... I, I, the, with a season finale, you have to make me want to come back next season. Whether you and you know what if
1: if they didn't even pull, they had a nuclear attack. All right, an actual nuclear attack happened, and it didn't land in the
0: ocean. Fifteen thousand,
1: it knocked out a frigging town, right? And that town, like that, was an interesting plot point that they did jack and or shit with. They launched that nuclear missile and Felicity had to choose between it landing in a major city and killing hundreds of thousands of people or landing in a nearby town, only killing thousands of people. And not to mention all the nuclear fallout and how that chunk of land is no longer inhabitable for human life. Like there were serious, serious consequences. And I did not feel the gravity of any of that bullshit. There was, I didn't there care was no about gravity. It.
0: There, there, there was there was no repercussions. It was barely spoken about. The okay. The only reason they brought it up again was because in this episode they
1: did that whole nuclear attack again. Um, I did know, yeah, note- and and of course the fact that it was fueling Damien Dark. Right. That was the other bit. Like that was the show's takeaway from that. The yeah, show's was- takeaway from wiping out. An entire town of people was that it made dark more more powerful. Not the more interesting thing to think about was like, what the fuck is going through Felicity's mind right now? I that's really, interesting television. The, and but we don't she know she what's could going pull it through it off. her mind.
0: You know, Emily, whatever her name is, Rickards. She is a, mm-hmm. a very talented actress out of yeah. especially out of this cast. Um, but nothing, not even a little bit. And they went. Back to the well with the whole nuclear attack. They, the you know there was a hacker. Her ex boyfriend was still you know hacking away, and um, don't care. Well, well, I the only reason I cared was because she did flat out say I'm locked out, which made me <laughs> laugh out loud.
1: <laughs> um, of course, I don't think we were referencing Arrow when you said that. <laughs> I was referencing everything. Everything okay. involving a hacker is is. Uh, I'm, I'm locked, locked out. They've locked me out. He <laughs> locked me out. Um,
0: Always happens. So fifteen thousand nuclear missiles or have been fired because <laughs> someone thought it was a really oh, good yeah. idea to put all of the access shit to it in
1: one little program. There's and, one button that can launch every nuke <laughs> in the world. Um, what? And, and and how did they fix it? They flipped the horizon. I just can't even.
0: That's it. I just can't. That's it. I just
1: can't. Like, all right. So yeah, I, let let's let's see what we had. What we have cooking this season. We had Diggle and his brother. Diggle and his brother, which he uh, was still dealing care. with. I didn't give yeah, a he shit was about still dealing with. I gave a little bit of. Sh- I gave uh, the tiniest amount of shit about Diggle dealing with dealing with the fact that he had to kill his brother. But when he killed his brother, I was just like, "You'll be missed," and uh, that was the end of that. Like, I didn't care that he that character died. I'd never bought him in as a good guy or a bad guy the whole time. He was just there. I didn't even think like they were brothers. Nah. Like I didn't I did feel not like pick there was up on any that. sort they of had, connection to, between z- them. Yeah. Couple. Zero connection, zero um chemistry. Yeah. Then you had Willa Holland and her uh her, uh what's it um the the dumb the dumb, dumb shelled motherfucker, the guy who was running the campaign. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like They they really half half half-assed the whole Oliver Queen for mayor thing this season. That was just kind of there. That that sort of petered out. (laughs) Yeah, and then the then the end of the season, you're mayor by default. Enjoy. Um, I have something to talk to you about. Put your left hand on the Bible. (laughs) You're the mayor now, because there's literally no one else. Um, You gave a really
0: good speech on top of that taxi cab. You're
1: mayor. <laughs> That's how politics work in Star City. Uh, Jesus Christ! So yeah, Willa Holland and that guy, the the campaign guy, like I did not buy that for a second. Like I, there was, was also, did you believe zero that she was upset? That,
0: did you did you believe that she was upset when he died? No. Okay.
1: Because uh, I did. wasn't upset. <laughs> he did. But it's like shit. He's dead, and then she was like, oh, I'm so angry that he's dead. I'm so mad Ah. (laughs) and then like when did this anarchy guy become a freaking ninja with that what's (laughs) that like so he's got the uh, what the hell are those things called cattle prod yeah he's he's like a master of that three-jointed nunchuck thing (laughs) like um and that is a difficult weapon to master like that is a that is it's a it's a nunchuck and instead of having a chain
0: in the middle it has another another chuck I, another nut yeah, it's, it's the like middle. Yeah, it's like
1: a bow staff. It's like three mini bow staffs connected with chains. It's like, it is a ridiculously, it's a brutal weapon. And like, <laughs> I've seen some killer Kung Fu movies with that weapon used in it. This was like, not one of them, though. This was not one of them. I mean, the fight choreography was all right. But I mean, for for the the holy crap of crappiness, I can't even, I don't buy this anarchy character in the least. Nope. Like. There's so much. Basically, this whole season, with the exception of Leo McDonough, was Arrow trying to sell me shit I'm not buying.
0: <laughs> Actually, I did like the whole uh, Captain Lance and 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 and. Um,
1: uh, <laughs> oh, and Felicity's mom. <laughs> and yeah, Mrs.
0: smoke. I liked the I liked that aspect of the show. I'm Other good than with that. that. <laughs> like,
1: remember when they killed Laurel?
0: Oh, that happened this year. And season I still too? didn't care. <laughs> That's right. They that did that. Well, you know, it's important because at the very end of the episode, they're all standing in front. Well, all of them.
1: Everybody left. <laughs> like, everybody's like, I need a break. I'm out. Peace. Yep. Yeah, I'm peace now for a little while. I can't. <laughs> I need a break from this I need life. A vacation. And it turns you need out, in the end, it's friggin' Ollie and Felicity standing there in the cave, like. S- staring at
0: costumes that. I don't understand why they put them on those mannequins. They can't be. Where peacefully. do they
1: even. Buy those things. <laughs> like, the amount of effort it takes to get them on and off of the mannequins yeah, use a fucking hanger. <laughs> Come on.
0: I guess it's just not as dramatically visual. Um,
1: yeah, the the big bad was in killed Batman off. Batman returns. Batman opened up a fucking closet with a bunch of bat suits on it on hangers because <laughs> that's how you do it. You got to get in and out of these things pretty quickly. You know, there's an emergency. Well, got to unzip my pants. Oh, belt's caught. <laughs> <laughs> Like, those outfits are not, like, simple. They're not held together with Velcro, either. Like, they no. take a couple of minutes. Yeah. Like, come Just on, Just to guys. get it off Save. the mannequin. And then and you got to work, you know, with the baby
0: powder, getting that shit back onto your own body.
1: Seriously, uh, who are they out to impress? It's a secret lair.
0: <laughs> it's a secret lair. What do you have displays for? Because, uh, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I don't either. When the bad guys attack, you have to have something there to explode and shatter. So let's yeah, put big a lock- giant
1: ring on the ceiling was totally fell down, and then was fixed in another scene, and then was falling back down again in the end. I'm just saying, <laughs> come on, guys. Continuity. But yeah, the whole Alicity thing, why did you even bother having them break up if they're just going to wind up? I mean, that whole thing was just infuriating. Like, the, we we did it on the show. We talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you tell Felicity uh, because no good reason, and then when Felicity actually forgave him for that, and then it was like, "Well, we're breaking up anyway," because the can't. show. Cause I, just I, just I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. This there was too many stupid decisions. There were too many smart characters doing stupid things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big fat thumbs down for era finale can't wait for the next season i <laughs> gotta know if they're gonna pull their shit together you know like every you're season still, is like, you're still hoping they're I, I, gonna get it well i mean there's only been four all right and one was this, bad the back two was half good of, yeah the back half of season one was pretty great season two is fantastic season three was a, a bag of turds and season four was a mixed bag of turds it was like a, a bag of turds and a couple of milky ways in there <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get
0: Oh my god! a bag of turns <laughs> all right um, okay, so let's talk about the other side of this
1: this uh c w challenge the the show that made me not care so much about bad decisions i don't know, there were bad decisions in, in, in this whole this whole this whole
0: episode was bad decisions.
1: Yeah, more or less.
0: I, I'm okay with it, really, and yeah, I don't know yeah. why. I really should. Be I mean, upset. I'm,
1: I'm talking about I'm talking about dumb decisions, like the Barry giving up his Speed Force for yeah, literally we, no reason. We, we, we at went all. over that. <laughs> we, yeah. Yes. We've been there. I'm still shaking. I'm still angry about it. <laughs> I but did. I, I gave, like that. I forgive that. Like, and it you know what? I know The show is so good.
0: I think you forgive it because of like just. I don't want to call them Easter eggs. It's the the nods to comic book fans. Or, I guess... Alright, this episode was the culmination of all of the evil that is Zoom with the, the plan to blow up all of the multiverse. Now, just so, from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, um, there are 52 worlds... In the multiverse. I feel like in the show they said infinite. Right. But I'm not talking the show. I'm talking about the established comic book universe, right? That's why it's 52. I think
1: now it's 52. Okay. And that came after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Because remember, there there were infinite earths for a while, weren't there? Maybe. I don't know. So long ago. Yeah, it's been a long time. But I feel like there were. And then they cleaned up. After one of the crisis events, there were only fifty-two worlds. Okay, and DC's kind of stuck with that fifty-two thing for a, for a while. Long time. I, I, don't know I why. could be very wrong. No, that sounds um, like
0: it makes sense because I remember people Super listening Boy. to the
1: show. If you're comic book fans, and we're getting this royally wrong, I heartily apologize. Yeah,
0: really, and I should know this, but it it was a long time, and there were a lot of events in between that I had to pay attention to. And DC continuity confusing AF. Yes, it is, um, but. What Zoom's ultimate plan is, is to steal a piece of equipment from the science lady and use it to wipe out all of the other worlds because the Earth Prime or Earth One or Barry's Earth is at the center of it. And with this shooty laser beam, he can wipe all of them out.
1: Good old fashioned (laughs) mustache twirling
0: evil. That is a giant laser beam plan um
1: but and i what i love so much about this, that is a perfect example of how just unabashedly comic booky this show oh
0: absolutely from frontally. the get-go
1: absolutely. arrow for some reason still is has got one ankle ball and chained to the cw you know what i mean like to this why. kind of drama Pretend to be real, whatever bullshit. I guess it's because it's it's technically more grounded because of the whole um, bows uh, and arrows. <laughs> yeah, it, because it's, of the magic people, that superpowers. <laughs> but for fuck's sake, we had a. Oh, I can't. I cannot go by without mentioning that the flashbacks in this whole season of Arrow was about fifteen minutes of story that they stretched to an entire season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy crap! That is like buying a stick of butter. To butter all of the bread in Canada. <laughs> yes. It's just not plausible. And it was, it, you'd go back to it and it would move. Dragon Ball moves at a more brisk <laughs> pace than the friggin' storytelling in this season of arrow and you know what they she was another one who died
0: that i just didn't give a shit about
1: holy shit yeah they really wanted us to care about that they were like yeah this woman turned evil and it's really killing ollie i'm like yeah you know what's killing me watch these fucking flashbacks (laughs) get back to the action Oh, oh, our eyes are yellow now, and and this that the general well, see, if we dude that, that we was we didn't see her so eyes not imposing. If
0: we didn't see her eyes change yellow, then they couldn't uh, uh, they they couldn't have used that for Arrow when his eyes turned yellow to signify oh. that the magic isn't working anymore.
1: He's got the magic in him <laughs> because there's hope in the city. So with the Flash, <laughs> Zoom
0: needs Barry to. Run in this big circly thing to generate enough power to shoot his giant laser beam into space. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, comic books. Okay, and in case you've forgotten, there's still a half shark, half man and a <laughs> mind controlling gorilla running around the city. <laughs> so
0: yes. now, now, so <laughs> yes, Zoom presents this and. Uh, and, and 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 Barry's really upset at the fact, still, that Zoom killed his dad, okay? So he's like, fuck this noise, I'm going to raise him, and I'm going to beat him, and I'm going to... And everybody else is like, whoa, Barry, take a step back. Because if you race him like this, you're going to lose. And they take that so far as to trank him and put him in a cell.
1: <laughs> and I, lo- I loved it that they were all, they're all, you know, this is our decision and every single one of us has to agree to it. And then freaking Wally walks in. Why he wasn't part of the plan in the first place, who the fuck knows? But he walks in and is like, well you didn't make this deal with me and you didn't make it with Barry. Guess who's beep, getting out boop, of jail? Boop, beep, Barry motherfucking out. Allen. <laughs> So, we all made a deal.
0: You were blew little so okay, we We our own pact. pact. on. on. only only they they this this the the was was is we made this we together. We're going to see this plan through, no matter what goes horribly, horribly, <laughs> what goes horribly horribly wrong. And what horribly, horribly horribly wrong? Joe gets sucked into <laughs> Earth Two with Zoom. So now Zoom is on Earth
1: Two with Joe, trapped, and Zoom, a- who can like rip himself in and out of different dimensions at yeah. will now. Right. So I don't understand why
0: he's trapped because he can open portals by himself but that's a, that's that's just
1: don't pay attention to that. Look the other way. They science the hell out of it. They were like oh now it's, it, we're unbreachable or something. Sure.
0: Um, <laughs> except for the fact that uh, Cisco well, what's, Vibe can vibe reopen can, things. Can, can, see now okay we saw uh, Batman v Superman right? unfortunately yes now you remember that flash scene where he came yes. where he came leaning
1: through screaming oh, and you yelling mean the hallucination yes. inside of a dream yes that turned out to yes uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <could> it, <laughs> okay the flash can talk to people in their dreams now is stop it stop it runs? stop 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 you we're not talking fast about that. enough to talk to somebody's dreams
0: we're not talking about that what we're talking about is the fact that they I was did this pulling on my hair C- when I was saying that. <laughs> they did this on the CW better. Okay? They had to They did this on Cartoon
1: Network better, okay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, they Cisco vibes through the Speed Force window to Zoom and Barry says, "Yes, I'll race. Uh, you just got to bring Joe with you." And um yeah, th- that's it. So, he brings Joe back. They race the rule is he they're gonna run in this this vertical circle and if they have to run around i think it's i think he said 500 times and if yeah and if if, if we we finish
1: the whole process if the laser i kill everything
0: i win if you catch me before that happens you win so i they're still showing the fact that flash wasn't confident enough to be faster than him because Flash did that thing where a, a, a person, him from seconds before helped yeah, him. Yeah,
1: like traveled in time to sacrifice himself. They call it a time double. Something to that effect. Something but, to that effect. Either way, Barry dies while Barry lives. Exactly. <laughs> but that scene where he's
0: running around the the, 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 the thing that's shooting the giant laser. Mm-hmm. and then he sort of disintegrates mm-hmm. that is straight up from a crisis on infinite earths yeah that imagery like those are the things i love about this show i don't get that shit on arrow
1: at all not even a not little bit not really no um but i mean we're we're really just skirting around the major the major thing here like yes We took down Zoom. Mm -hmm. It was the slightest bit anticlimactic, but you know what? That's not really what's going on here. Because the big friggin' deal was not Crisis on Infinite Earths. (laughs) It was fucking Flashpoint. This show, in Season 2, is already hitting up Flashpoint, and I'm not even mad. It was like in Season 1, where they brought up friggin' Gorilla Grodd. In Season 1, they brought up the telepathic gorilla, (laughs) and... Sure, go for it. So, so Grab, grab life feel, by the
0: balls. You feel that him, because, okay, there are two good ending points in this show. First off, we find out who the man in the iron mask is, which it's Jay I Garrick. I called it
1: Jay Garrick, you who did. is also his dad. His dad's Huzzah. double. His dad's double. So I Huzzah. got to see that, him in costume again, which I thought was very cool. That was for people like me. It was cool. It was nice to see him in costume. I hope we get to see him again sometime. I do think the costume was a tad silly, <laughs> uh, and it looked really uncomfortable for him. It, it did. I really wish his outfit, like Jay's outfit, when they brought him in in the first place, I mm-hmm. thought was flawless. I thought that well, was how he, that's Jay's, how you his
0: physique worked with it better.
1: Okay, it did. He but was it was slimmer. also the general design of it. It mm-hmm. was like that. Um. You know, it kind of almost like that like, Rocketeer style yes, jacket, jacket going on with the mm-hmm. big lightning bolt. It was it was such a great classy modernization of uh the actual Jay Garrett costume. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one didn't really look like the Jay Garrett costume. No. It was the, the blue it wasn't even the fit of the outfit that bothered me. It was really like the the colors of it. It just it seemed cheap. Um it seemed like something off of that shitty Wonder Woman pilot that never aired. Okay, you know, like I, th- I see what you're it, saying. It was not as well designed because that that Jay Garrick flash outfit was phenomenal. And if they made an outfit that looked like that to fit him, that would have been just. Yeah, it just mm, looked like he just I'll looked
0: uncomfortable it. to me. He did. Yeah, it didn't and, It didn't look but right. But it didn't it didn't bother me. Like I was like, oh, this is awesome. When he's going to take the, he's got the little helmety thing kicked to one yeah, side.
1: I John Wesley ship putting on that helmet was just like, yeah,
0: <laughs> fuck, yeah.
1: Put him in a better outfit. I will. I can't wait to see him back because you know they're going to bring that back. Yes, you because know he they're is, gonna
0: bring he that is back. from Earth 3, and they're just going to continue rocking through the Earths. Yep. Um, but that's not even the end of the episode, because the end of the episode is everybody sitting at home, having one of those little family powwows, sitting down, talking with each other. Uh, we have the Barry and Iris kiss, which was nice. Yawn. Sweet. <laughs> Meh. um but he explains to her that he can't really do it right now like he he has to he has to work on himself got you know get some shit together and she's like I'll you know you waited for me for a long time I'm going to wait for you so you do you and he's like all right she goes inside he whispers and then runs off and goes back in time and saves his motherfucking mother
1: <laughs> that's right he's like all right well I'm done with this shit. Um, Sorry, everyone who's uh, doing well, because I'm going to undo everything. And he does. Essentially, by traveling back in time, he undoes all of it. Unless... Here's here's a couple of things that are really interesting to think about. Now, they could just go full-on reset button and do what they did with Flashpoint, which was what led to the New 52, which was a complete reboot of the DC Universe. mm -hmm. Now... Considering that the CW has Legends of Tomorrow and a whole bunch of time travel shit going on, Supergirl, which is on another Earth joining the network, mm-hmm. if they wanted to re- hit a big fat reset button on their whole CW-verse, they could do that. It's a little early in the run, I think, to do something like that, but here's, it's possible. Here's the problem, and, this is, and
0: it's, and it's it, anytime you deal with time travel... I truly believe the only way for time travel stories to work is if you go into the future, not into the past. Because every time you go into the past, you cause a paradox, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's just factual. Barry goes back in time to save his mother. The only reason Barry is the Flash is because his mother died, his father was in jail, and he became a forensic scientist to work on saving his father. So he mm-hmm. is never ever ever put into the position
1: to become the flash. If he goes back Unless, in time. Unless, of- as Doctor Who has done, there are certain fixed points in time that would always make that person turn into the flash.
0: I will never buy wibbledy wobbly,
1: timey wimey bullshit. Okay? <laughs> I let it go on Doctor Who. I let it go. Um- I'm saying, and this isn't just a Doctor Who type of thing, this is a time travel story in general, where where if you go back and screw with, like, a, a a whole prevailing thing in time travel stuff is that if you go back and screw with time, time's gonna find a way to correct itself on certain events, and Barry turning into the Flash might be one of them, but more importantly the particle accelerator going off might be one of them. Mm -hmm. And if the particle accelerator goes off, that means that Cisco gets his vibe powers. And if he's got his vibe powers, Mm -hmm. remember one of the first things he did, uh, the first time we ever saw his power in any kind of way, shape, or form, was that he remembered stuff after Barry fixed time when that big tidal wave happened. So so was on death. Exactly. So if the particle accelerator explosion is a thing that still happens... Cisco could still theoretically remember the past that never happened, but did happen, but didn't never happened, mm-hmm. and that could get things to come back into the the general fold in the way that they are. Or the Barry <laughs> that went back in time winds up stuck in the Speed Force for well, some there, reason. There is another Barry back there. There's two Barrys now. There exactly. There's two Barrys now. So we'll and see. So Yeah, we will see, because what they just did in the DC Comics with the whole Rebirth thing, where Kid Flash had been uh, stuck in the Speed Force for God knows how long, and finally yanked himself out, and as soon as he got out, Flash was just like, Shit, how did I forget that you exist? How did I forget that everything exists? And it goes from there. So, (laughs) there's, there's... This was such an interesting season finale, because... There were things that happened in the finale that I didn't particularly care about, like the whole uh, Iris thing, like all of a sudden she's in love with them or whatever. I could Mm -hmm. not conceivably care less about those two characters getting together. I just don't care. Like, I didn't care much about it in the first place. I felt bad for Barry and they had that whole love triangle thing going on, whatever. Now that she's just all of a sudden light switch like, yeah, you know what? Maybe we should give this shit a shot. I'm like, yeah, that's romantic. That's it's
0: <laughs> that fantastic. warms the cockles of my heart. It
1: sure does <laughs> because we're out of options. We should probably we should probably give it a go, right? And like she's she's pouring this on him when he's got all of the other shit in the universe to deal with. Like everything else and she's like maybe we should go on a date and i'm like come on show you're better than this um so i didn't really care about that and they did make some really dumb decisions but the bottom line is is that the overarching thing is so damn interesting and i get i get pretty cheesed when people keep saying that this is just a repeat of season one like yeah the bad guy was a speedster and there are some similarities but very different yeah very different especially going back and doing this whole flashpoint thing like I cannot believe that they did that. Like, he went back there and did that. That is done now. <laughs> that changes everything. Yeah.
0: And now they that could just is replay a,
1: the whole season as if it never happened. It's a bold play. It yeah. is a bold play, and I applaud them for doing it. That's that's
0: one thing. This show has not shied away from taking risks or just the bold plays in general. Like, you know, a Half Man, Half Shark, Mind Control Gorilla. Like yeah, you don't see they're that. They're just like
1: this is comic books on TV. Mm-hmm. Like they're just doing it. Yeah.
0: it was a good. It was see now this is the way to do a season finale, because let's say out of a hundred things we gave a shit about ninety
1: of them. Yeah. Okay? Whereas an arrow out of a hundred things we gave shit on maybe nine. Right. Um, I really like the way
0: that the, I feel that the cliffhanger aspect of this episode was not overwhelming. Meaning, there are some cliffhangers that you were like, holy I need to see this right now. I don't like those because I know I'm not going to. I'm going to have to wait. I'm really interested to see where this goes and I have to be comfortable with the fact that it's going to be months before I can find that out and with the way the show ended, I'm okay with that. I have no idea what's going on with Arrow. I don't really give a shit. They're all just standing there in the shadows. Who gives a shit? Blah. This show does it right. It does it perfectly. And they did it the same way last season. With a cliffhanger in, 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 in a way that... Like, I, I'm interested, but I'm not upset that I have to wait. Like, angry that I have to
1: wait. Yes, I would rather it be on
0: next week. It's not going
1: to be... Yeah, uh, and, and that comes from the fact that it wasn't cheap. Right. You know like Walking Dead hit me with that shit most of this season with the cheap cliffhangers. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, it, this 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 felt like an earned cliffhanger. It it wasn't cheap, and I am genuinely excited about to see what another great show. Um, I just finished watching season one of iZombie. You guys talked mm-hmm. about a whole bunch on the show. This show is phenomenal, and mm-hmm. the season one finale. I just I have all these questions about all these different characters and where they're going, where things are going from here, and it's none of that clawing at my eyes be like you cheat you cheating bastards how dare you do this I think this it's none of that it's all like I can't I'm genuinely excited to see what happens next
0: I feel that because the overarching story that happened throughout this season they put up they finished it they ended it they gave us that finale they gave us the end of that story and started with something else I think that makes it more let or how about that makes it less cheap when they could have very easily ended the show at, what, 20 minutes earlier and left that cliffhanger of a moment for me to see when the show starts up again next season. Does he beat mm-hmm. Zoom? What happened? So it is like, that's what most shows
1: do. That it, yeah. they don't end it's the main disgusting. story. Yeah. And it like, is, like, again, with Walking Dead, with the whole Negan thing. Oh, who did he kill? Yeah. Screw you, show. Screw you out loud. Screw you on toast. Like, that's just not cool. It gives as well as takes. That's what I like about the show.
0: I felt very satisfied with the season. I like the progression of just about every character. I can't wait to see what they do with Jesse quick because she is a speedster. Um, Wally, they got to give him something. They got to make him go fast at some point in time because he is also a speedster in the DC universe. Um I'm kind of sad to see Teddy Sears go, because I kind of liked him as an actor. Oh, like, which
1: one was he? He's Zoom. Oh, Zoom. Zoom. Yeah, but you know what, at the same token, I'm I'm okay with... Uh, yeah, I dug him too, but at the same time, like, you've got to have a rotating cast If you can't keep everyone, mm-hmm. and they're already keeping Tom Gavanaugh, so I'm, yeah, I'm not going to get I, greedy. I don't know why I like Tom Gavanaugh so much. It's because he's amazing. He is so
0: good. Like, I... I I forgot at how I forgot how much of an asshole he was in the first season.
1: One thing in the second season that I don't love is the way that Tom Cavanaugh's is always talking like this. <laughs> he's always just out of breath. He's, he's got the Batman voice. Batman probably. voicing. Like, just have the dude talk. All right, it's okay. You know, I get these. He's more broody than our you know uh, earbared Thawne version of him. But come on, no, yeah. come on, come on. Let the guy come on. Let the guy talk.
0: <laughs> I. All in all, Flash. It, I, and what kills me is we're going to watch Arrow next season.
1: Oh, God, yes, we are. Because like we said, the show has been more good than bad since its inception, I I truly believe. And I am typically, up until these last couple episodes, I've always been at the very least entertained by it. And at least entertained by some parts of it. I still give a crap about the majority of the main characters on the show. And... It has so much potential. It really does. It's similar to my feelings of Supergirl. Like, we're going to finish watching season one of Supergirl at some point, because I'm really curious to see where they go with season two. It's not good, but that good is in it. And when I've seen shows turn things around, like um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or even something like Dollhouse that I didn't really care for at first, and then it it just got good, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like this show these shows have that possibility right and granted we gave up on legends of tomorrow and we'll probably not be going back to it um well it depends show... on what they do
0: with okay because everything is now on the cw all of the dc mm. superheroes are on the cw they have
1: to do something
0: they have to they have to cross over and well, they're going to have
1: more of a rotating cast, which is great. Um, they've, they've, season two is going to be a whole different plot and a whole different cast, not a whole different cast, but a largely different cast, a totally different villain from season one. And for what I've come to understand, the Hawk people are going to be barely a part of it, which, in my opinion, was the far and away weakest part of Legends of Wait, Tomorrow. If, the Hawk people came back? Didn't he oh, die? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh well, yeah, well it's freaking time travel. So they found another Carter Hall, or uh-huh. he was reimagined, or something. I don't know. I had stopped watching at that point, but I kept reading recaps just to kind of see where we were with things. Gotcha. And like the just Kendra did not care about that character in the fricking least. Well, because when she was with Cisco, we cared though. Which exactly when she was with <laughs> Cisco, she had genuine chemistry with that actor, and she was kind of sort of interesting, but. The whole her and that Carter character did not care for them at all. Her and the Adam didn't buy that for a second. I forgot um, about that too. <laughs> ugh, gross. Uh, yeah, but apparently those characters aren't going to have anything to do with it. Wentworth Miller uh, is not going to be on the show anymore either. But he's apparently going to still pop up throughout the DC universe. So I'm okay with that. The bottom line is, is that there's going to be different characters on the show, so I can I don't have to rewatch the rest of season one. We can just start again with Season 2 and go from there, which is probably what I'm going to do. But all in all, they've built themselves a pretty cool little universe here, and I am on board for it. As am I, sir. I mean, and this is the place for it. CW is the best,
0: you know, station for them to be on because it's not—it's what we expect— of a CW show now,
1: <laughs> it is. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. It is. It like, is. It is doing its thing and it's doing it well. So
0: good. 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 All right. Uh, let's recap uh, newsroom. Absolutely. Uh, I say yes to that 70 show. Arrow. Oh, okay. Arrow and Flash. We're both saying yes. We're gonna watch them. They're both. We certainly are. Just. I just bear with Arrow. That's it. Flash is what it is. We love it. It's great. Arrow, meh, you got to take the good with the bad. So, all right,
1: Chris. You got your spiel ready? I certainly do. Once again, you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest (laughs) video content and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. You can find us individually on the Twitterverse. I am at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at Geekade underscore Evan. And our absent Karen is at shoot underscore the underscore moon. And you can find our uh, podcast itself on Twitter at TWEPCAST. If you're interested in more information about any of the shows we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes and or Stitcher. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Back to you, Evan. Thank you so much, Chris.
0: So... Uh, the only thing I could say in, in, in preparation for next week's episode is just just hold on because Karen will be okay. She's going to make it through this, this Nashville debacle, and we're all going to be better for it. So, with that being said, from all of us here at this week's episode,
1: I'm Evan. I'm Dan Ryan. Karen's over there. Good night. I think I like the second picture, by the way. The big faces? Yeah. I
0: don't know.
1: I mean, the little one's nice. There's something about, like, the, the big one almost makes it seem like they're on teams.
0: <laughs> oh, I I thought they were on teams the, the whole
1: time. Like, they look like they're on teams, but it almost looks like Red and Sam Watterson are about to kiss on the bottom one. <laughs> okay, and, I and see the top what you're one saying. kind of looks like they want to kill each other
0: really loud. Okay, so I I also watched a video, a number of them. And it was a supercut, if you will, of well, excuse me, Ugh. princess. <laughs> Gross. I really I didn't know what it was. I couldn't remember it, and for some reason when I read that, I put it in the what I feel is the Mega Man voice from the cartoon.
1: Where he talks mega sort of Man's like person. this. <laughs> yeah. Mega mega. Yeah.
0: Well, excuse me. That's how I read it in my head. (laughs)
1: Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Super NES. El Sim City.
0: (laughs) I actually fucked up on the the way it's printed, where it says Super NES Classic Sim City. That is right above Soyo Oka. (laughs) And I looked ahead and it made me laugh. And this concludes our broadcast day.